Welcome to Girls Get Real with your hosts Robin Lim and Rawson Ting. In this podcast, we get real with you on personal growth, wellness, and dating, all while we navigate through life and through the unique lens of women in Asia. Tune in for unfiltered thoughts, honest opinions, and loads of real talk. Hello, everyone. Well, I'm Robin. I'm Roslyn. Welcome to Girls Get Real. Our pilot episode, first time we're ever recording yes. a podcast, and first time we're ever filming a podcast, so we're super excited to be here today. Basically, 2020 has been a year of looking inwards, a lot of reflection. Um, so to give you the backstory, both of us are super close friends. We grew up together, went to school together, started a business together, and have been through a hell of a journey with each other. And we've had a lot of time reflecting on our personal growth and as well as our interpersonal growth over the years. And we wanted to start this podcast to share that journey with you, to share some of the conversations we've been having and some of the lessons we've learned from experts, um, whether it's books or podcasts or anything we basically come across in our entire lives. Mm -hmm. And also what we realized as well is that, you know, as young millennial Asian, you know, and living in Asia, we don't get a lot of representation in the podcast world. So we also wanted to share a little bit of these experiences that, you know, our experiences navigating through life. And so that, you know, I guess we can all collectively learn from this experience and share and build a community around and have fun along the journey. Yeah, hopefully. And <laughs> start some conversations. Yeah. So I guess we covered a little bit about who we are and why we want to do this. I think one interesting thing would be to discuss would be what we want to learn and what we want to get out of it. Yes. But what we want to do as well is not just make it about us, right? We think that a lot of these experiences are quite universal to the human experience or whatever you want to call it. And it can be quite relevant and relatable to many of you out there. So we don't really want to focus it on us and who we are or what we have done in life or what we're going through in life. Instead, you know, we want to draw our anecdotes and our stories to the larger narrative, you know, of what people we have seen go through and then, you know, kind of explore and discuss, you know, some of these tools and tips and um, methods or frameworks, you know, that have actually been very helpful in helping us to navigate these um, circumstances, situations, or issues or challenges in life that we face. And one kind of hypothesis or philosophy that we've also had is that we have both been through some type of counseling, therapy. I'm a psychology major. You're a psychology major. And okay. psychology nerd. Exactly, psychology nerd. Okay, so I actually learned a lot of my tips from her. But what we realized, point being, is that a lot of these tools, a lot of these frameworks seem so unapproachable. They seem so complex and difficult. You know, they, you, you, you pretty much have to kind of see like a therapist or a counselor, you know, for you to be able to understand or learn or apply any of these tools. But the reality is completely opposite of that, right? That a lot of these tools and frameworks uh, can be very easily applied to your life. And of course, you know, we are not we are not licensed therapists or mental health care workers or any type of medical professional so we are not here to give you our medical advice this is purely just our opinions exploring these tools ourselves and applying it to our own lives and kind of yeah. so i think we spent a long time you know debating what uh, topic to cover in mm -hmm. our first ever pilot episode of Girls Get Real, and instead of us finding a topic, I you know I feel like the topic found us just because of the experiences that we are both uh, well rather like I'm going through in life right now, and you know what you've gone through a year ago, yeah, yeah. So I think we provide such different perspectives 
um, just you having gone through multiple breakups. I had only gone through my first breakup last year. And um, for you, it's really fresh. Mm -hmm. For me, it's like one year and I've really taken the time to process it, to go through it. I've had so many conversations about it, read so many books about it, and um, I'm pretty much settled on my stance. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, I think we learned interesting um, debate partners with such different perspectives. Mm. So I think something that I was very intrigued by um, or why this topic really intrigued me was, I mean, of course, it's very difficult to discuss such a personal um, you know, situation live on, on the podcast or on the camera. And the reason why I wanted to discuss it with you, especially is because, you know, I've seen how you have grown and healed from this breakup. And how you know you have managed to maintain a, some sort of friendship and caring and care and love you know and kindness you know to your ex partner um, even through the breakup right and I think um, you know looking around you know friends you know and, and people in our community in our circle that that cannot be said um, to that many people and the more common narrative or the larger narrative is that you know, people tend to break up and then they would go through this phase of resentment and anger and hatred, you know, where it's, they feel like it's much easier to blame the other person for this relationship not working out and to, um, you know, and to, and to kind of like allow these strong negative emotions to brew just because it's much easier than having to deal with their own emotional pain uh, and rejection and disappointment. Yeah. Right. I think it's very natural human behavior to um, spend so much time investing in a person. So I was together with my ex for three years, three and a half actually, and having spent so much time, there's a lot of sunk costs, and that makes you very hesitant to let go of things. Um, and I think if you live together, it's even worse. If you have mm. kids, it gets even more severe. Yeah, so we want to share some lessons on how um, we managed to go through that, having been through a couple of breakups between two of us. Yeah, so I think from, from myself as well, in this most really re recent relationship, it was, you know, we were living together for a very brief period of time. Uh, we were together for maybe about a year and a half. But for the equivalent amount of time that we were living together, we have also been apart due to COVID. So, I mean, it definitely has been a very difficult time and does not make the breakup any easier. And I think now that we're coming out fresh from this breakup, I wanted to also hear from you and learn what were the main tools and what were the main... Uh, considerations that you know you had going transitioning i would say from being lovers and partners and you know uh, sharing your life together into a more platonic or rather like a, a into a friendship yeah. right and yeah. i think that i think that transition is quite difficult you know so i really believe that there are three different types of loves so platonic love, familial love, as well as romantic love. Um, you know, a lot of people have written about this, these three types. And I think, you know, we definitely start off more on the platonic side. And then it always grows into a little bit more of a romantic love. And when you start a family with someone, then it's easier to transition into more of a familial love where, okay, you have a duty as partners and to your children, to your uh, parents and your in-laws. I think we will definitely squarely in the phase of just romantic love where we were super super obsessed with each other and um you know we were spending so much time with each other and we were definitely that couple that was mm -hmm. overly lovey-dovey everywhere mm -hmm. we went yeah and, i remember this phase yeah yeah <laughs> so having broken up at that point in time was definitely a little bit strange but hear me out i think there was a very rational part to it where i just simply realized that we were not compatible in so many ways 
um, you know, the love definitely overpowered the rational side of things, which was that we had such different values, we had different habits, we had enough common things to talk about, you know, for us to be together for three and a half years. But besides that, there were just fundamental differences in personality and values. Mm-hmm. Um, so breaking up was a two month process. And I think a big part of that process is also convincing the other person that, hey, you know, I've discovered this. Um, I've discovered this fundamental incompatibility that I don't think we can work through. And I know this because of how much time I've spent with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and being so lovey-dovey with someone and having to transition from romantic or even fathom the thought of mm-hmm. having to transition from romantic to platonic love is truly, truly challenging. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, even transitioning to familial love at that point in time is very difficult. It takes a lot of dialogue. It takes a lot of discussion and a lot of, hey, you know, like I think X, Y, Z, um, maybe you could consider this yeah so this is really interesting right when you talk about how the breakup process was two months and the main bulk of it was really to convince this other person or to show this other person you know that these flaws or these um fundamental differences in a relationship that you've discovered and i think that is really interesting because i don't know if that happens a lot in other relationships whether or not there is this kind of this like almost enlightenment or an awakenment, right? Like in in one party and then, you know, this party is considerate enough Mm -hmm. and and caring enough to take the time to show and to to extend, you know, this kindness in terms of transitioning other party in terms of uh, rather kind of um, painting them in a more approachable, our hypothesis of creating this podcast, processing and understanding this, this, where this decision has come from. So what why was that you know like why was it that you decide you decided to take this two months you know to kind of show this person like hey you know it's not working out instead of you know as what most people would have done just ended it right there i think it's a conversation to be had you know it takes two to tangle one person cannot independently make a decision that's just like poor communication and you know not being very respectful of the other party mm-hmm. and i think um you know you you just cannot independently break up with someone, if, especially if you care with someone on a loving basis. And, um, you know, you feel for them. You've been together for a long time. The, the respectful thing to do was would be to show them a way, show them the way, show them your perspective and have mm-hmm. that conversation with them. Um, I don't believe in unilaterally making a decision. So that's why it had to be a two-month process because mm-hmm. obviously we were still in the peak of our honeymoon phase. Yeah. We were still very loving towards each other and there was nothing obviously wrong with it. Yeah. It's only when you dug deeper in and thought to yourself, hey, you know, like, could I deserve more? Could I find someone more compatible or just be independent and be even happier and thrive even more? Um, I don't think that two months comes out of a place of ill will. <laughs> it was also because I knew that he was better off without me. Like mm-hmm. we were just not good for each other. You know, when you care about a person so deeply, um, it becomes a very, it's a a very intense sort of love. And Mm -hmm. I definitely still feel some form of love, but not with the same intensity. Mm -hmm. Um, I also wanted him to be happy and I knew I would be holding him back from being happy. Yeah. So this is interesting because I guess we're touching a little bit on this whole like conscious uncoupling process, right? That, that in breaking up and in moving on before that even happens you know that it there needs to be this conscious decision and con and communication as well on the decision and um what is and you know then that is part of the whole transition process right so i guess you know for somebody that did not have that right so i guess well i guess there are multiple perspectives to it i mean we definitely we've definitely have been having um difficulties and challenges and fighting a lot in this in the last few you know leg of the relationship rather from a rational perspective it's easy to say oh you know but you've already been fighting so much isn't it quite obvious that you guys are not working out 
so then how do you reconcile with something like that right is it you know when do you know when to stop fighting and when do you know you know or when is this fighting enough proof that mm-hmm. that this relationship is not working so i believe i think this is where psychology crosses into mm-hmm. the spiritual bit but i really think um you know we we have these emotions and then we rationalize them post hoc mm-hmm. so we always feel first before we think mm-hmm. and then we think of things to justify our feelings mm-hmm. um and this is very well researched and on the spiritual side i believe in signs so i had a little bit of a mix of the two where i emotionally just felt very different and very uncomfortable with the relationship and i started asking myself why you know was i unhappy um i was not unhappy we still had a lot of great times together um but i definitely did feel that my self growth was being stunted and i definitely did not feel like i was being an independent person i was not true to myself mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. and then there were also signs i i just had conversations with people and you know certain occasions that let me to believe that i had the courage to do this and i would be better off just doing this and being independent and single for a while mm-hmm. okay I think that that's still quite a brave decision to make right that you know realizing that yes you would be better off alone and single for a while I think for me as I mean for me I'm not sure about the larger narrative but the more common experience is that you know I always have a tendency to fight to fight for things that I have um just because I value you know everything that we have experienced together everything that we have built you know and for me that is worth holding on to right whether I mean of course you know learning to draw boundaries and learning to set boundaries for myself and knowing like what is unhealthy and what is not <clears throat> i think that's something that i'm definitely still working on and so like you know learning when to let go learning when to let go i think this is something that is a lot of people struggle with i for one definitely do struggle with this so you mentioned a little bit about the tools previously right in terms of talking to people researching and what we used was the top tool that you used to do this to carry out the breakup yeah to like decide to let go to decide to let go I don't think I use any tool to decide to let mm-hmm. go. I think the tools I use were more for the recovery process. Mm. Yeah, I, I think as with anyone, breaking up is just incredibly difficult, mm-hmm. and it's the biggest thing is courage. You know, it's not about having like some sort of scripted conversation because every couple is different. Every you know, you you will never have the same situation as someone else. Mm-hmm. You can't use any scripted messaging. You can only go with your gut feeling, and. those conversations are difficult to be had the important thing is to prepare yourself by doing stuff like scheduling conversations going to this person when you know it's a good time for that person mm-hmm. um working on yourself so you're always coming from a place of good intentions rather than ill will mm-hmm. feeling like okay this person has wronged me or feeling like you know feeling insecure that I'm not good enough for this person it could work either ways I think working on you going to a good place and then having the conversation at a time where both parties are ready um is the only thing you can do to prepare yourself for a breakup or at least the most important thing you can do to prepare yourself for a breakup because mm-hmm. I think you know when we catch each other at bad timings we're just always way more emotional and we mm-hmm. had a higher tendency to fight mm-hmm. I think my thought process was as follows Um I realized at some point that we were incompatible. Mm-hmm. I realized that our relationship was very toxic in some ways and that I was not being my actualized self. I was not being independent. I was not discovering my personality and basically my growth had stunted. What I had to do then was to look out for signs, you know, find people around me, find signs around me that would give me courage to have the conversation with him. 
And definitely the conversation was a dialogue. At the start, I had to explain my points. Um, I believe X, Y, Z. I had to find a good time to be very rational with him、mm-hmm. and sit him down and explain my thought process, so you could eventually get to the same thought process. And a big part of it as well is just selecting timings when we were both calm. When I know he wasn't stressed out, when I know、um, I wasn't super stressed out and wasn't going to turn into a shouting match, because we all know that when things turn into a shouting match,、mm-hmm. when people are angry, whether it's in person or over text, nothing conducive happens. So waiting until both of us were calm and entering into a serious dialogue, it always became some sort of almost a debate,、um, a little bit. You know, less than an argument, more than a conversation, because we both deeply cared about the topic.、Mm-hmm. We debated about a lot of things that we thought were irreconcilable differences, and you know, eventually we came to the same conclusion that we we're not a good fit for each other. So、mm-hmm. I think the breakup was almost like a discussion.、Mm-hmm. It, it was a very long discussion that we handled in a relatively conscious way because we both deeply cared about each other.、Mm-hmm. Um, we we were both people who. Worked on ourselves, so we never came from a place of ill intentions. I think we had the best in mind for each other. I want him to be happy. He wanted me to be happy. And when we both realized that, hey, this is actually not working out, we might be very attracted to each other. We might still be lovey dovey, especially to third parties.、Um, we both independently could objectively see by the end of this two month period that we were not a good fit,、mm-hmm. and you know that's fine. And we would both be happy with a. With or without other people,、um, we were okay to be our independent selves again. We acknowledged that we would help each other heal and be there for each other. We would not block each other or,、um, you know, be toxic or have ill intent towards each other.、Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we dedicated ourselves to not seeing anyone on a serious basis for the next one month and just being there for each other. So I think having that security and that blanket of okay, I'm so used to being in a partnership with someone. Um, now that I'm out of it, it does feel like you're thrown into the deep end. But us having that agreement with each other that we would still be pillars of support really helped. And obviously now, you know, one year on, it's very different from one month on when we were still talking quite a bit. But I think you know we've quite we've had quite a healthy healing journey in、okay. this one year. How did your ex? It sounds like he he took this entire conversation very well in the beginning as well. Even even when you were raising the topic of breakup. Breaking up, and he he seemed to have reacted very well to that, right? So, how do you think things would have been different if he had reacted badly? I think the definition between well and badly is also very tenuous、mm-hmm. in the sense that he did not want to do it at the start. At the start, it was truly difficult, and he did a lot of things to convince me that hey, you know, this not. You're, you know, we can work through this. You're not making any sense.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't agree with you simply.、Mm-hmm. And、um, you know, it takes a while to. You have to repeat the same messaging sometimes in different words、mm-hmm. um, and understand how to communicate with your significant other in a way that they can listen. I think、um, you know, being calm is one thing, but then secondly, also understanding the other person, what kind of messages they receive, and also making them realize that it comes out of place. That benefits them.、Mm-hmm. It's good for them to go through this. And I think at the start, having to change your mindset from being, "Hey, I want to protect myself, and、mm-hmm. I want to protect myself from this relationship that isn't bringing me as much joy or growth as it should," to, "Okay, you know, this will also be good for the other party,"、mm-hmm. and communicating that is is important. So I wouldn't say things were well and merry at the start.、Mm-hmm. It definitely took a little bit of time, and it takes a little bit of time. Every, for everyone,、yeah. and it's not proportionate to how long you were together with this other person. Yeah. Okay, so I think for from 
me, like in the tables have turned a little bit, right? That I was the one that didn't want to end things, and he was the one that felt that okay, you know, there were fundamental issues, which is which is a completely fair point. I and I, you know, I, of course, I'm not saying that there weren't there definitely issues in the relationship. Also, but we didn't go through a, a breakup process like this, right? Like for me, like it definitely felt a little bit more abrupt mm-hmm. in the sense that it was just a one single point of decision, you know, a point in time where the decision was made, and you know that's it. Right there, prior perhaps you know there was some processing and some some emotional processing, but then you know after following that decision, you know it seems like it was completely cut off. And I think for me that's why I'm having a, you know I I also want to know like you know how can I then begin on these this healing journey on my own uh, without that pillar of support um, and without having that closure in the sense of being able to really talk through. Um, my issue right now. So now I'm wondering, without the pillar of support, you know, how can I then start processing this breakup on my own? It is very difficult, and I think a large part of it, being the other on the other side of the table, is understanding where he is coming from. Mm-hmm. Whether the significant other has the vocabulary or has the EQ to describe what is going on, and their mind is um, completely different to your mental state. And I think being empathetic towards their position and not feeling any ill intent towards their behavior is the first step. Mm-hmm. I think once you cross that barrier and come from a place of empathy and try to unpack where he is coming from, it could really help you with your healing. So we have covered lots of different points today uh, in our first ever pilot episode on breakups, and I think I've also learned a lot personally from you through your experience and you know Glad things that you you told me today. I don't think we've discussed this in such in, in such depth until today as well. So we're really I'm really happy that we have now this opportunity to connect over this. So before we end off our first ever pilot episode, I we also wanted to do a little bit of a recap. I think you know for people who are going through that pre breakup or breakup process right now, or you know I guess it's an important tips for you to also keep in mind um, in future and throughout your life as well. That these are the five main steps I would say that we we can crystallize from our conversation today. Um, I think firstly as well, like Ross very clearly and very um very nicely kind of also summarized the whole conscious uncoupling concept, right? The idea of identifying the flaws or fundamental issues you have in your relationship and being true enough to yourself to recognize that this is not working out. I think this is something that is talked a lot about, especially in this day and age, but not practiced enough. I can, for one, definitely say that. And I think she also shared a little bit about how once you've identified that flaws, it's really about working on yourself and being calm and looking at the situation in a calm and rational manner as well. And really knowing that, knowing who you are, where you come from and what these issues are. So that you're able to approach this conversation and issue with with, with good intentions and with no insecurities and with no ill intent of the other person that you're talking to so it doesn't end up being a blame game for what right i think the third thing as well is you having the courage to make that jump and to have that conversation whether it's a one-month conversation or a six-month conversation and really finding the right time so understanding when your partner is in a good mood is open to conversations so if they're having a difficult time maybe check back again when they're in a better place. I think the fourth thing is to really communicate clearly. 
communicating meaning um explaining everything explaining your thought process uh explaining how this breakup would benefit them as well and be better for them um being breaking things down to abc's xyz's helps and and also the fifth thing uh, and also in communicating as well a little bit of patience for the other person right that they might not see your point of view immediately and then you know which does leads to this two to three or whatever long number of months you know period of time where it is a dialogue about this decision and this kind of leads us to the final point as well which is making the decision together it is um pretty disrespectful for people in a partnership to independently make decisions and it's the conscious thing to do would be to have an open dialogue and both agree to something that you realize it's not good for either party anymore yeah and so i think these five tips you know we will definitely put them in our Instagram page, you know, check us out. Uh, follow them if you uh, follow our page as well at Girls Get Real Show, um, where we'll be posting more updates on when we'll be uploading episodes as well as summaries and takeaway points as well, so that you can quickly refer to them without um, having to scroll back and forth. And so this concludes our very first episode of Girls Get Real Show, our pilot episode. We are very excited to put this out into the world and manifest magic around us. So <laughs> let's see what happens, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Can't wait to hear from you.